Hi guys, welcome to Wisdom's Echo. This is Stephen McKee. And today I want to talk about agonising longings or agonising for the manifestation, agonising for the reality of our salvation. I just went to Linda's Farm, which is in Northern England. And Linda's Farm is where the Celtic saints established um, a like a place like Iona, and it's it's where Christianity spread throughout England and into the world. And I love the story of St Cuthbert, who lived there. And these guys, these Celtic saints who were in Iona and Ireland and Lindisfarne in England, are so inspirational because they manifested the reality of their salvation. They manifested the reality of the resurrection of Christ, the power. They walked in it. And we, when we went to Linda's farm, we went to the the sea where St. Cuthbert actually would go into the sea at night time and the sea would be up to his waist. And he would stand in the sea so that he did not fall asleep while he prayed. And these men and women just moved in such power like he would go into the remote places, villages, mountains and preach. And it says that people were converted because of the beauty of holiness. Like these men and women were separated unto God. They were separated in a way that maybe we're not. And maybe it's difficult for us because of our modern world. Technology, phones, internet, Facebook, all this stuff. But they separated themselves unto God. But because of that, and because of their prayer life, they walked in power. They walked in great, great power, like even the animals would be subject to them. Like There's one story of St Cuthbert where he was building, I don't know if it was a, some sort of hut or something, like a, a prayer hut, and one of the birds, or a few of the birds, took away some of the straw, like stole it, and Cuthbert actually rebuked the birds and the birds went away but the birds one of them came back and actually bowed down before Cuthbert and repented I mean this is authority that we don't walk in somehow and when you read all the stories of like Saint Columba how they influenced kings they would they would um, inaugurate kings on Dinad it's a place in Scotland a hill and they would inaugurate the kings and there's many kings buried on the island of Iona because of the, the influence of these saints and the power they walked in. They walked in cardionosis. They would know what, what was going on in people's hearts. They knew the, what when they were coming to the island, people were coming to the island. They knew who was coming to the island and they knew the motives of their heart. They walked in great miracles, signs and wonders, raising the dead. Like, I've said this before, there was one saint and he... There was a, a massacre and there, there were many, many, many people murdered and thrown into a lake. And I don't know how he did this, but this Celtic saint drained the lake. Drained the lake by the power of God, somehow, and raised every single one of the people who were massacred from the dead. And other stories like animals being raised from the dinner plate because... The, the the saint knew that this animal, while it was alive, had been mistreated. And I've been pondering all these things and and thinking of the, the miracles of Smith Wigglesworth and the miracles of Catherine Kuhlman 
and Charles Finney, how he could ride through a, a village. I think it was a village, but somewhere he would ride through on a horse and 200 people would fall on their faces crying out to God for salvation. And he had to even whisper when he did speak because people were cut to the heart. And I've been pondering all this and I said in the last podcast that myself, Grant Mahoney, Jane Schroeder, Samantha Mahoney and Emma, we are going to be doing series three nights of meetings in Irvine, Scotland, where we're really believing for the power of God to come because we're we're longing to see it. We, our generation needs it. Like we, we need to begin to manifest now. I, we cannot settle. When I turn my phone on, there's a little saying that comes up, a little phrase that says, do not settle. And we must not settle. We must not settle for where we are because maybe we think we're a bit further on than maybe the church age or whatever. And it's like we can become very arrogant and proud. We must realise that we're not as far on as we think. We need to see God move at least as much as he did with the Celtic Saints, at least as much as he did with Charles Finney, Catherine Kuhlman, Maria Woodworth, to all these people. We need to see the Lord move at least as much as that. And of course, of course, the Lord wants to do something far greater. But we mustn't think we've already arrived at the greater. That's the issue. That's the problem. That's where I believe we get self-deluded because we think we're actually functioning in more now. Maybe because we've had more revelation. Yeah, there's never been a time where there's more revelation. There's never been a time where there's so much teaching and seminars and books and resources. But yet there's never been a time with a so little power. And even in recent weeks we've seen like Benny Johnson pass away. And just a few days ago, um, Jeff Jansen pass away. And obviously sometimes in God there's mysteries. Sometimes things happen that we don't understand or why. But it's what it's done to me is it's made me long for greater levels of the manifestation of the power of God. Not so that we can be known, not to build a ministry, not to be seen, not to be even known, but we need our names to be known in heaven. We need to demonstrate the gospel. I am longing that this past so many weeks, so many months actually, maybe even longer, it's, but it's growing in me. It's actually getting stronger. Where I'm, I'm thinking about the people I grew up with, the people, some of them are not here anymore. A few of them died. My best friend died. And I'm just longing inside. There's a groaning that is growing in me to see the people that I grew up with, the people of my local town, my local area, region where I live, the, my nation. I'm longing to see God move in power. First of all, that God's name might be known. Because we all see what's happening in, in our world today. It's There's an agenda behind the scenes. It's trying to pr promote liberalism and basically anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-anything to do with the Bible. It is promoting leftist ideology that's secular, atheist, um, all those kind of isms. Every kind of ism you can imagine that's nothing to do with God and they're trying to do away with God trying to really take us into a secular maybe even communist global system 
And we are the only hope of our day. We are the only hope of our generation. And we cannot settle for where we are. We cannot settle for just revelation. We cannot settle for just seeing things in the spirit or even being able to do some of the things we do, thinking we've arrived, thinking we're greater than the church. We're not greater. We need to be more humble. We need to actually go lower. The doors and the floor, small keys open big doors. We need to really begin to humble ourselves. We need to mourn. We need to grow and we need to long. And in these gatherings I've spoke about before, we're longing and I, I, I would ask that you would long with us for God's power to be manifest, for God's anointing to come upon us, for a real realm of worship to open up, for a real realm of the glory. We speak about the glory and oftentimes in the past we talked about glory meetings and I'm not sure it was the glory. Yeah, maybe it was a touch of heaven, maybe it was the angels who were amongst us or something. But that when the real glory comes, the priest could not even stand to minister. When the real glory comes, you cannot even function. When the real glory comes, like that's when even Maria Woodworth Etter probably had something of the real glory. Like 20, 30 miles away, people who were even mocking would fall into trances and begin to have visions of heaven or hell even. Where... When the rev- that level of the glory comes, like it did in the Welsh Revival, people in the pubs, they, they start trembling in the pubs, not in a church, not in a gathering of saints, not when there's re- even good worship or nice worship that helps us enter in, no. In a pub situation, they would begin to tremble and run to the church because they knew they needed God, even though they didn't believe in God two minutes before it. We, we need this. I always talk about the Hebridean revival, 1949. There was one ten years before it, 1939, where the power of God came so strong, where the fear of God came in, well, 1949, the fear of God came to a whole region, and literally well over a thousand people in one night run out of the home at midnight in terror because that realm of God came, the realm of the fear of God came. And I'm just groaning for the longing I'm groaning with longing, with agonising longings, really. And I hope you can catch this. It's better felt than felt. I hope you can catch this. It's a level of intercession, really. It's where you begin to groan. It's in Romans 8, 26, it says, The Spirit of God not only maintains this hope within us, but helps us in our present limitations. For example, we do not know how to pray worthily as sons of God, but his spirit within us is actually praying for us in those agonising longings which never find words. And God who knows the heart's secrets understands, of course, the spirit's intention as he prays for those who love God. You see, we need that spirit of God in us to begin to pray with agonising longings because we don't know the right thing to pray half the time. We don't know what is right. We don't know how to pray. But this is how the saints of old prayed, like Reese Hills. This is how they actually stopped the Nazi invasion of the United Kingdom. They entered in by faith through the, the veil, but they would agonise with deep, deep, deep groanings. And the Spirit of God would pray through them. And this is like I spoke in the last podcast about Father Nash, 
We've all heard of Charles Finney, who would go into villages and people would begin to tremble and shake and cry out to God for mercy because the heavens were open. But what we seem to forget is maybe a month before it, or a few months before it, Father Nash would go in to that same village because he knew Charles Finney was going there. And he would rent out a hall or a, or a room. He would get three or four people even, not many, just three or four people who would begin to pray, but not just praying out loud and using words or vain repetitions, but they would actually be groaning. And one house they went to, the woman probably wasn't a Christian, did not know what was happening and she was scared because they were just groaning for days on the ground, groaning like childbirth. And that's what we need. There's a, there's a deep groaning. And I pray that for you, that there's a deep, deep, deep groaning that we need and God is bringing to us. And I hope you can catch this today because I'm, I'm feeling it so strong, so powerfully. And I just pray that you begin to experience this level of prayer that's beyond words. It's beyond the veil. It's deep, deep longing. It's a deep, deep spiritual place that the saints of old knew about. And we need it. Our world needs it. We, we all know what's happening in the world. We all know what's happening. Rumours of wars. There's, there's potential wars could happen with Russia, with the West, with in Europe. There's troubles in Bosnia now that's beginning to erupt. There's... Is it Taiwan and China? There's so many areas of the world, Pakistan, India, that could really kick off at any time. There's rumours of like new viruses and lockdowns. But beside all that, despite all of that, God is raising up people in the secret place like Father Nash. Although, of course, he's not here amongst us anymore. But like Father Nash, we, God is putting upon us a groaning a groaning to see the reality of our salvation, not for just us, not so that we just walk in the fullness for ourselves, which is good, but so that we begin to demonstrate the kingdom, demonstrate the reality of the resurrection of Christ, demonstrate the reality of the Lord God Almighty, that his ways are righteous, that his ways are holy, that the world and people must turn to him. We must demonstrate this. We must long for this. It cannot just be head knowledge any longer. It cannot just be we go to more conferences and more seminars. We must begin to walk in it. We must get before the Lord in intimacy in the secret place and cry out to him until we begin to manifest the fullness of Christ that is in us as a seed, but it's trapped within the depths of our inner being, but it needs to be released through the gateways of our soul into our body until it begins to impact our world. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Stephen McKee, and this is Wisdom's Echo.